Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. Welcome to the Gethsemane Sunday's Christmas service, pre-recorded for December 27th, 2020. The presiding minister is Reverend Deborah Muter, music by Aaron Smith. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened heaven's door, and we are blessed forevermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. Good Christian friends rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save, calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save, Christ was born to save. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. The first of three hymns, Good Christian Friends Rejoice, and um, some of you might even remember, maybe not anybody here, but it was originally Good Christian Men Rejoice, and they decided to make it friends, at least in our hymnal, which is now 40-some years old, right? Um, and I love the, the way this is described in one of the things that I looked at, this sprightly carol. Sprite isn't just soft drink. Right? The sprightly carol reminds us that Christmas should be a most joyous season of the year. Joy, right? A time to celebrate. Our lives should be filled with gratitude to God for the immeasurable love that he's shown us with the gift of his son, the birth of Jesus. So with joyous hearts, we can be exuberant, not just you know, in our minds, in our heart, our soul, and letting it come out in our voice. And you know what happens when you use your voice? Now, I know we can't sing out as we gather today, although when you watch the video, if you're at home on your own, obviously you can sing out as loud as you would like. When you use your voice to say the good things, to be joyous, it works on the inside of you as well and makes the rest of you feel joyous. This ancient hymn uh, uses repetition to impress on us that the birth of Christ won for us endless bliss. Imagine endless bliss. By opening the way to heaven and conquering our fear of death through his assurance to eternal life. Now, everybody here knows, from the youngest to the oldest, we all know that we're going to die one day, but it's some idea far away, right? It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that completely. But to know that we don't have to be afraid of death because Jesus has gone before us is part of the joy, the exuberance that we can appreciate and experience at Christmas. And not just one day at Christmas, right? We've celebrated Christmas, but 
we go on. This festive spirit is not just supposed to be for a day or a week, but it should last throughout the year, throughout our lives. The blessings that came at Christmas morning have brought light to our lives forever. Just a little background, this hymn is actually an unusual combination of 14th century Latin phrases, so it's really old. Forget about our hymnal, it's really old. And the vernacular, or the common dialect, of German expressions. They took that Latin hymn and started putting in their own phrases. So it's a kind of a, a, a mutation brought together. The original Latin was in dulce jubilo, or in sweet shouting. Right? We're told not to shout. Don't shout. Use your inside voice. Do you ever get told not to shout? Yeah, okay. But this is sweet shouting, jubilation, right? Over the years, like I said, the German people added their own words. The carol was later given uh, a free translation into English by John Neal, a noted 19th century scholar and translator of hymns. When we hear this tune, or it comes to mind, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? You and I can be determined to maintain the joy of Christmas in our lives. May we all seek to bring an encouraging word to others, especially someone who is alone. Give ye heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory, Glory to you, you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, that is, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's mother and father were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there, fasting and praying night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you, O Christ. Christ. 
Once in royal David city stood a lowly cattle shed where our mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ her little he came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. With the poor and meek and lowly lived on earth our Savior holy. And our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love. For that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. Not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by we shall see him but in heaven set at God's right hand on high there his children gather round bright like stars with glory crown. Cecil Alexander lived in the 1800s and wrote more than, get this, 400 hymns. Can you imagine? 400 hymns in her lifetime. I wonder if she wrote some others that didn't get uh, acknowledged. She wrote series of hymns to teach children, in particular, about different parts of what we know as the small catechism um, that we know so well, especially if you were raised Lutheran and got to do all that fun memorization, right? Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Sacraments of Baptism and Holy Communion. She wrote out hymns that explained those. And you're probably familiar with one of her hymns, All Things Bright and Beautiful, All Creatures Great and Small. Did you know? I did not till I studied this, that she wrote that to teach about the first article of the creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Her hymn, that hymn, describes all kinds of beautiful things that God created. So what, what is this one, this Christmas hymn? Once in Royal David City, if you look at the words, listen, should be crowns and thrones and beautiful velvet rolled all the way up the aisle and instead... It's a cattle shed, right? Probably more like, we usually have it depicted like this as a wooden little dwelling, but it probably was more like a cave, an underground part near the home where the animals were kept. 
And this is the only place where Mary and Joseph could go. There was nowhere else to go. And that's where Mary gave birth to Jesus. And, and then Cecil Alexander explains in this that Jesus came down from heaven, that his shelter was the stable, his cradle was a stall, with the poor and meek and lowly lived on earth our Savior holy. This contrast, this incredible contrast of the most holy one ever in this very, very humble dwelling. She was an Irish woman, Mrs. Alexander. She was blessed with the God-given knack for taking major biblical themes and boiling them down in four to six verses and even making them rhyme. <laughs> we are fortunate to have five of her hymns that she's written or paraphrased in our two hymnals. She also was known for having a heart for those in need. Like many women of her time, she was married to a, many women who were very uh, involved in the church. She was married to a pastor, and uh, she was known for going to visit the sick of the members of her husband's congregation, her congregation, and especially the children. You'll notice that each of these stanzas explains not only what was happening with Jesus, but again, this incredible contrast. Contrast is when you compare two very different things, right? Jesus, humble baby, born in Bethlehem, divine God of all. Probably the biggest contrast we can ever imagine. Royal David City, the lowliness of the cattle shed. And then the hymn ends by reminding us that Christ has ascended once again to glory where we shall see him with all of us, his children gathered round, bright like stars with glory crowned. So that glory, that crown we were talking about on baby Jesus, for all of us because of what Jesus has done. Now for me, I don't know about you, but this, this image takes me back almost two months to All Saints Day, when we remember those who have gone before us, shining in God's glorious kingdom. To quote another hymn, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine. At Christmas, we remember the gift of Jesus' birth, which brings for all of us eternal life with God. And then we will continue, if you would stand with me as you're able, for the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Shown a holy 
light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the heavenly chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in the lonely manger, the humble Christ was born. And God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. That Jesus Christ is born. I, my apologies if I came out on that. I didn't realize I had my microphone on. I might have been helping you just a tiny bit here. Not that you needed any help. Go tell it on the mountain. You thought we were all done with church. We got one more short sermon to go. Can you believe that? Okay. Go Tell It on the Mountain is a great one to go out on. Any of these tunes that you can keep in your head or go back, look at your bulletin again and remember what we sang. It would be easy at Christmas time to just get wrapped up in sentiment and tradition. This is the way we always do it. We always, either at church or at home, we always have these decorations. We always have these people getting together. But this year is the year in many ways that we can get away from that. We don't want to. But in some ways, we have to get away from that. And to know that there is more to this holiday, celebrating Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the season of Christmas, than just the tradition, the sentiment, but the actual belief in Jesus as the gift. It's also a year that we get beyond those gifts and those parties, maybe as much as we usually do. Uh, as Christian people, we know that it's more than all of this. It needs to be us, for us a reminder that David, in the city of David, as we said, a deliverer, a savior, was sent to us and for us, redeeming and loving us here on earth and preparing us for eternity with God. So this message, this joyous news, is not something to keep to ourselves. That's important, too. Something that needs to be shared with people everywhere. Isaiah 40, verse 9 says, Lift up your voice with a shout. There it is, shouting again. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. And for us, it's not the towns of Judah, but the towns of Indiana, everywhere around the world that we can reach. Go Tell It on the Mountain is an African-American spiritual song whose roots go back to the late 18th and 19th centuries. These songs were sung over and over again in camp meetings throughout the South and worship services. The stanzas for this hymn were written by John W. Work, Jr. He and his brother, Frederick Work, were early leaders in promoting the cause of African-American spirituals, many of which were not written down, at least initially. This song focuses especially on the shepherds 
These guys, these local guys who are visited by the angels, who tell them of the Savior's birth. This is a pass it along type story. I tell you, you tell somebody else, they tell somebody else, right? The angels, not just the one angel, but a whole host of heavenly angels, a whole sky full of angels came to them and told them about the Savior's birth. They saw that Jesus was born and they were glad to share this incredible news with others. And so it is to be for us as well. We have had the message shared with us, especially at Christmas. We have seen the gift of the baby Jesus. We are called to shout it out on the tops of the mountains, which were a little short on an in But you get the idea, right? But to find ways to share that message with everyone, to let them know that Jesus Christ is born. So as we go out today, here's what we can ask ourselves in the days after Christmas. How have I grown throughout this Christmas season? And I don't mean taller. I mean inside. What have I learned about myself? What have I learned about Jesus? How have I shared this? How have I shared with others in any good way? How have I told the great news of Jesus from the mountaintops? Because when we tell, we learn it ourselves, that Jesus Christ is born. Amen. has been a Wayne Shout production. Wayne Shout.